Yeah, Mark and I are at the Dutch Tavern. A, an old, an old bar. A bar. A pub, really. It's really a pub. Wouldn't you call this a pub? I'd say so. This is nice. Good atmosphere for a small pub. Yeah, they don't have hard liquor. You know, they don't serve anything but beer and wine and soda. You know, handicap, uh, handicap pub fries and potato chips. And, uh, uh, judging, uh, judging from the number of people here, it's a popular place. Yeah, especially on a Friday night. We uh, just wrapped up a week-long class. Our biggest class ever. Yeah. Well, maybe combined. Absolutely. This is our biggest Carl and Mark class. Our biggest public class. I've done a, I've done private classes that were bigger. Yeah. Uh, the beer is here. Black and tan. Uh, that would be me. There you go. And you, you did it right too. Yeah. Oh, this is a, it's a classy place. They know how to make a black and tan here. Right. Yeah. Cheers. That's right. So we're toasting to a good week. And, uh, came down to have a beer and, and just chat. So uh, we wanted to include our our loyal fan base in, in the conversation. We thought we'd kill a few brain cells, but only the weak ones. That's right. And what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, really, isn't That's it? That's right. According to Nietzsche. So uh, yeah, That was Joe Nietzsche. Maybe. Joe Nietzsche, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a what a, it was a challenging class. We had uh, twenty people in in my in the main section, and uh, you had eight on, on your side or seven. Seven. seven, or one, seven. one guy didn't show. Up. One guy didn't show up. That's right. A good mix of um, you know uh, intermediate level BB6 and ASP programmers. Right. I had one advanced student. Yeah, I actually had a couple of guys who had already been doing VBNet, but they wanted to fill in. You know, they wanted to fill in the holes and fill in right. gaps. And that's the feedback I got from the advanced student. Is the class she thought was very valuable because it answered a lot of little questions she had. Right. Well, anyway, we're not going to... This isn't going to be an hour-long ad for our classes, but uh, you know, we, had a, we had some people in the class who were doing different things with .NET, and um, one of them was really interested in the web services aspect, but... Uh, was very on the on the fence whether you should be using remoting or web services, and uh, and I took a, quite a bit of time to explain you know the the pros and cons of each, and uh, yeah we had a nasty nasty bug that I found in in Visual Studio well not in Visual Studio in uh, the .NET framework framework 1.1 uh, having to do with data sets and row errors and things. And uh, we had installed the hotfix on all of these machines. Um, so somebody told me that when they tried to do what I did in class that worked, that they couldn't get it to work. And, 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 uh, and they knew that they weren't doing anything wrong. And I said, well, actually, as a matter of fact, you're missing. experiencing a real bug. That's right, missing the hotfix. We have a hotfix for you. I love black and tans, especially when they're poured correctly. And that one is. That's a nice separation. Yeah. How to use a spoon. 
Gas on top. Some log, some logger on the bottom. Uh, an IPA, or in this case, they use uh, bass. Bass. Harp. Harp is traditionally used, of course. You could use either. So yeah, I had a <clears throat> had an interesting demo that I did for the class this week. Oh yeah. The, that I was going to tell you about. Yep, I uh, was going to wind up doing an asynchronous web service. Oh, right. That's right. And uh, I, I had not done the, the same demo that Carl usually does, so um, got, you know, right right about through 90% of it, almost to the end. And we had just gone over it the night before. We had just gone over it. We spent, actually, you know, to be fair, we had spent considerable time the night before going, just making sure that we had all the right. demos right. So. That's right. So uh, I felt like I had it down, but after a long day of teaching, you can yeah. forget something once in a while. Yeah. Yep. So I, I forgot to do one thing, and I, I got to the point where I said, now watch this, let's look at the grid, and ta-da, there's the data. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you could hear crickets, right? Yeah, I could hear crickets. <laughs> so uh, being kind of stubborn, I decided to, to debug it myself. Uh, right. Right, so... I spent yeah. about 15 minutes looking through everything in it. Yeah. Couldn't see it. Just couldn't see what I was doing wrong. Right. And uh, finally had to revert, pull up code, take yeah. a look. So you hate to do something like that, you know? Yeah. It's tough. It's tough. But, some, but you, you know, somebody had mentioned that they actually enjoyed that because it showed... You know your thought patterns and how you go about solving problems. Right. How to debug? How to debug something? Is right. You know that we should uh, base the whole class on the fact that we make mistakes and, and debug them in front of you. But I, I guess I can see the value in that. You know. Right. At least we don't just throw up our hands and say, "I'll get back to you on that." Uh, I, I do the same thing. I, I, I don't feel like uh, I, you know I'll do it during a break or something and try not to waste time. But but I don't feel like I can sleep at night if I show something that doesn't work and I know I've sure. And I you know I taught them the value of using Google. I pulled up Google and, and typed in a synchronous web service. I'm screwed and hit search. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that didn't help. No, that didn't, no, help. It didn't that help. help. But now the rest of the class went great. How about that show last week with uh, Amanda and uh, and Paul Vick from Microsoft? What a oh, show that man, was! Man, that's right. That's right. That's that's late breaking news. You're not going to hear anywhere else. There, you know, I was so psyched after that interview. I, I didn't sleep, and it, we we started the interview at 11 p.m. Right. Because it was really uh you know 8 p.m. on the West Coast. And that was when they could do it. They couldn't do it before that. Mm -hmm. So after the it was over, it was midnight, a little bit after midnight, and I didn't get to sleep until four. Yeah, I, I, I was just sleep so about excited. Four thirty. That's right. I stayed up later than you did. Yeah, so yeah we're back true. up at seven. You know, I, I look like the guy in Weekend from Bernie's at the end of the day. <laughs> But it's really cool because I, I have a feeling that the Visual Basic is going to be taken a little more seriously now, that it'll sure. really dispel some of the rumors around. That's I right. don't know where these rumors started, but it's very right. absolutely wrong. Yeah, one of my students this week had, uh, I mean, practically right during his introduction, was telling the class that Microsoft had, had you know, really considered originally 
not using Visual Basic and the .NET right. platform at all. Right. But no, I said I don't think that's right. So we we got the chance to ask the people that know. Right. And you know their response was yeah. absolutely not. There's right. six million VB programmers in. That's right. There's no way. No way. It was never a consideration not to put it in. That's right. Yeah. Not only that, but you know, Gartner, right. Gartner Research really they predict C Sharp will replace Visual Basic.net. That's what they predict. And uh, one thing people get confused in is because Microsoft has announced that in after 2008 they will no longer support VB6. Okay, and that's, that's probably what they're drawing. It's probably what they're drawing. Yeah. Well, a lot of obviously a lot of misinformation, right, is out there. One thing that I did uh, during the class, one thing that I do in my ADONet day, which we spend a whole day just on ADONet fundamentals and data set centric programming and end here, mm -hmm. and um, I talked about using joints. You know, when you use joins in a uh, SQL select command, the command builder cannot create the insert, update, and delete queries That's right. for a data adapter because uh, you know, uh, update, insert, delete is a one-table operation. You have to use. You can do it with an updatable view. That's right. So I talked about the updatable view, and uh, I wasn't aware that Fernando Guerrero is like the only person in the world who's ever done that. Man, Fernando is, you know, incredible. He's a SQL god. Yeah, and that's where I learned about it, and I saw him do it in a talk, and uh, it was great, and it works great, and, you know, he measured the performance, and it's wonderful, and, and uh, I looked, you know, somebody somebody said, well, do, do you have some code samples? And, of course, I don't. I don't have Fernando's samples or anything. But I figured, you know, this was something that most people were doing, Right. When they have data adapters and views. He said, excuse me while I, said, I whip this me. out. Yeah. <laughs> while I whip this out. <laughs> Carl's the new sheriff of Rock Ridge. Or Rock Ridge. Red yeah. Rock. No, it's Rock Ridge. Is it Rock Ridge? Sheriff. The sheriff of Rock Ridge. I'll be slim pickings, you know. He and I share a similar physique, actually. <laughs> Maybe Slim was a programmer. <laughs> good reference, good reference. Well, anyway, um, anyway, so what the hell are we talking about? I don't know. I still have half a beer here, so you were you were gonna whip out an updatable view. Mm. Yeah. So so I didn't actually try to create it on the fly because there isn't enough time allocated in the class for me to just go off on a 15-minute tangent. But I did take a minute to go look. You're laughing because that's all you did. Because that's all I did all week. <laughs> well, anyway, um, so we go off on the internet, and I look and see if I can find it. I look in the user groups. I look on got.net. I look on .net 24/7. You know, I look on VB City. I look on all the places that I would go where there are are threads, at least forums, you know, and news groups. I didn't look at any blogs because blogs are sort of amorphous and, and yeah. not as well defined. You have to figure out the interface for everything. Yeah, we need to Google to search blogs. Yeah, that would be, That'd be awesome. A, a bloggle. Yeah, someone needs to write bloggle. You'll get rich if you do that. Absolutely. Editor's note. Since the recording of this show, we have learned that there is indeed such an animal. It's called Feedster.com. Just go to www.feedster.com and you can search the blogs. We got this information from Robert Scoble. Thanks, Robert. Now let's get back to the show. 
So, so nothing. I couldn't find it. And finally, I, I pulled up Outlook, and um, and I sent off email to Fernando on Tuesday and asked him how. Now Wednesday morning, I had a reply from him, which I printed out and gave to this person. Cool. And, uh, and it helped her out a lot. She still she she was struggling all during the breaks and stuff to try to do it. Still couldn't. Still was having trouble, and didn't really understand what he was doing because he just sent me a little sketch, right. an email. So which I guess she's going to get with him. Yeah. I'm going to. Uh, we're we're def He's definitely on our list, Fernando Guerrero. People you want to interview. Yeah, let's give a shout out for his company. Uh, Fernando runs a company in Spain called Solid Quality Learning, and uh, that stands for S SQL. SQL, right? And uh, really, he's a SQL god. He knows all about it. All the big names in the, the SQL world uh, are signed up to do training. Yeah, that's right. He, uh, he, he's written several books on SQL Server, and he's all about .NET as well. He all, I always pick his, him to do talks at Dev Connections, and he's even done this, uh, the Updatable View talk. That's where I saw it. Yeah, he's, a, he's actually a DBA that knows the developer side of, of the right. business. Right. And you don't, you don't often run into that, somebody that knows both. That's right. And that doesn't mean that he would approve of uh, writing VBNet store procedures, but uh, <laughs> we'll have to see how that works. Yeah, that's right. I can't wait to see UConn. Yeah. That's on my wish list. So uh, this is a pretty cool place, don't you think? Uh, you got yeah. a TV in the corner. I'm sure you can hear that. I'm, I'm sweating like a racehorse, but you yeah, know, other than cool. that, it's a cool place. But you know what's cool? Like the ceiling has that British pub red leather tile, very yeah. small tiles, you know. And the, and the, the it's a really old place. First of all, it's called the uh, the Dutch Tavern. It's in New London, Connecticut, and uh, it's old. It's been here for over a hundred years. Uh, a favorite haunt of playwright Eugene O'Neill. Cool. Eugene O'Neill was from New London. There's a Eugene O'Neill Theater in Waterford, right on the beach, and uh, they also have they have you know playwright and, and uh, you know playwright festivals and things there. Uh, you may have I don't know if you've ever uh, seen any of his plays, but Long Day's Journey and Tonight is one of his that uh, uh, who's it uh, made famous on Broadway. I think it was. Uh, James Coburn, maybe. I'm trying to think. Yeah. On my feet here, I can't. I liked I liked Coburn's work in In Like Flint. Yeah. <laughs> no, Jason Robards. That's oh, who it was, yeah. not right. James Coburn. I get those guys mixed up. It was Jason Robards. Well, anyway, um, if you look on the walls, there's pictures of him here. You know, having a beer and. Hanging out, old pictures of the city. It's really old tables and just a great place to come and have a beer and hang out right here in New London. It's on Green Street. Right. right. They have an Adams Family pinball machine. Yes, they do. <laughs> you notice the details. That's, uh, I do. I gravitate toward the important aspects of a bar. We got some good beers on tap over there. What do we got? We got, we got Guinness on tap, yeah, well, which is very, very good. Absolutely. We got Harp and uh, Cottrell, which is like a local, uh, a local uh, amber. Got uh, pale ale. Fosters, and we got some Coors and other stuff there. Schaefer, I think they serve too. Is that Schaefer on the on the end there? I think it is. Yeah, I never. You know what English guys say about Coors? And what? It's like making love in a canoe. Do you know why they say that? 
Okay, now why? It's fucking close to water. <laughs> we had a couple of comments that, uh, you know, we, we kind of move fast. And, you know, somebody said that we should emphasize more that fast, that good typing skills are really important. And, yeah, it's really, it's really true. This is an intense class. We don't, uh, you know. We don't mess around. Yeah, we don't mess around. Hey, guess what? We have a new .NET Rocks hotline right here, 877-273-4838. Call and ask us questions about .NET, and we'll be glad to answer them on the air. Even if you don't have a question, just call and give us a shout and let us know you're out there and listening. Got a suggestion, etc.? You can use the .NET Rocks hotline. The number is 877-273-4838. That's toll-free in the United States. Hey, and uh, as long as we're talking about new things, we started selling shameless junk at, uh, at the .NET Rocks website. Uh, just click on the .NET Rocks Travel Coffee Mug, and uh, you'll be whisked off to a store where you can buy lots of crap that you don't need. T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs, beer steins, frisbees, and all sorts of other goodies uh, given to, your, to yourself as a, as a reward for listening to the show or given to a friend as a gift. All right, now let's get back to the beer. Drink up, folks. This is .NET Rocks. Don't you go away. Oh, tell, we got to talk uh, to the listeners this week about the example that you were doing in class. This is like a Mobius strip or something oh, that, that Carl found. It's a very simple puzzle. You don't need to see it. You don't need to see the visual. Uh, I'll just explain it. It's like three lines of code, and it, and it doesn't work the way you think it's going to work. I'll give you a few minutes to think about it. Here you go. So you put a button on a form, and uh, I was demonstrating the add handler method and how how events are handled in .NET, in VBNet, in VBNet, not just in .NET, but in VBNet. In VBNet, when you look at the button one underscore click sub that you get when you double click the button, if you scroll all the way to the right, you'll see a handles clause, handles button one dot click. Button1.click is an event defined by the button, and that handles keyword wires up your button1-click subroutine to that event and says, I'm, this subroutine is going to handle this event. All right? It's not magic anymore like it was in VB6. That's right. You can actually rename button1-click to anything you want. It could be food. Right. I name mine Fred after doing Fred. like a control array. I'll do op five option buttons. Is that after Bill Vaughn's Visual Fred? Reference? It is after Bill Vaughn's Visual go. Fred reference. So exactly. name it Fred, and, and that button event will still fire. All right. So then I showed them. This is the design time wiring of the button click or any event. But if you comment out or remove that handles clause at the end of the button click sub. The event doesn't fire, mm -hmm. so I showed them how you can how they do it in C sharp anyway, and uh, you can also do this in VBNet with the add handler keyword. Right. So I double click on the form and I pull up form load, and I type in the following: add handler space add handler is one word space uh, button one dot click which is the event comma 
and then address of one word space button one underscore click which is the subroutine that is going to handle the button click event you can do that in instead of or even in, in addition to the handles clause and here's the thing I was trying to demonstrate you can also call remove handler with the same arguments and it will remove the, the handler but there isn't just it's not a boolean it's not either handling it or not handling it it truly is adding and removing yes so if you add you call add handler twice to the same button click that button click event handler will fire twice alright and so I was demonstrating that and I said not only that but if you want to remove the handler you can't just call remove handler once because there's two handlers set up for this event in the same place you have to call remove handler twice in order to remove both of those and if you call it just once you're still gonna get one button click right that's what I was trying to demonstrate now normally for some sick and twisted reason I deviated from my general demo that I do for I don't know what it is in the back of my brain that says hey Carl don't do it that way a little devil pops up in your shoulder that's right let's do it differently today because you know when you teach the same class over and over again you know you get you know a little bored with your class. that's right so I'm thinking alright I'll do this a little differently and you know challenge myself and blah 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 okay there you go so what I did was in the button one underscore click event handler sub I wrote a remove handler after popping up a message box that said hi I'm here right so I say hello I'm here hello world or whatever then I say Remove handler, button one dot click, address of my subroutine that I'm in. And I said, and what will happen here is it will remove once, and when I click the button again, it will pop up only once. Right. That's what I'm expecting. So I click the button, and I get two message boxes. My first one pops up, hello. I click the OK button. The second one pops up, hello. I press the OK button. I said, now if you press the button again, it'll pop up only once. When I click it, nothing happens. Nothing happens. And I thought it was a bug. And I, I mean, this is insane. I have done this before in another way, using a checkbox, actually. In the checkbox, I add the handler when it's checked and remove the handler when it's unchecked. And that works just fine. Right. But it wasn't working. Now, again, here's the behavior. You press the button once, two message boxes pop up, you close them both, and the next time you click the button, nothing happens. And I put it aside, and I put that aside, and I said, hey, I don't know why this isn't working, but I don't want to sit here and debug it in front of you, so I'll, come, I'll think about this, I'll come back to it, and let me just do the demo the way I normally do it. And they were satisfied with that. So then we went to lunch, and a very alert student said, Carl, that code that you wrote with the button click and all that, that is working exactly how it should work. There is nothing wrong with your code. There's nothing wrong with .NET. That is exactly how you coded it. And I said, huh? All right, now you just think about that for a minute. You go ahead. We'll just, we'll just order another beer here. I'm going to take a sip of my black and tan right here. Good stuff. 
Well, the answer is that let's follow. If you if you use breakpoints, okay, if you set a breakpoint uh, in the button click, you'll get it. Here's what happens. You have two ad handlers in the form load. You have one in the button underscore click event, okay? First time you click that button, both the button click is going to fire the first time, the message box pops up. And then you call remove handler after the message box goes down. Okay? So now there's only one handler. But yet, you've still fired that button click twice. So it fires again. And the message box pops up. Hello. And then the second time, the remove handler is called. Remove handler is called twice. No kidding. I, when I thought about that, I said, duh. Yeah, as soon as I saw the message box, the way you had the code written, as soon as I saw the, the button click event, yeah. the message box call and then remove handler is immediately after it. Yeah. Once you see the message box pop up twice, right. you know it's calling remove handler twice. That's right. And what's, what's funny is but we a couple didn't get of other, that. Right. Right. We didn't see it immediately. We didn't see it immediately. The whole so, class didn't see it. I didn't see it. I, I, I posed it to Mark. He said, no, I, I don't get that. I, I asked a couple of other people I consider experts in .NET, and they, they scratched their head. And it's really interesting because we're so used to in VBNet, you know, one button click on the click, you know, actual right. click action fires one event. Yes. That we don't think about right. what's actually happening. Right. It's a multicast delegate. Yes. That's right. That's exactly what it is. So this is funny too. We had a student come by when we were talking about it. Right. And after explaining what was going on, it still took him a while to get it. That's right. And he really had to look and walk through it. It was really one of those, like you said, a Mobius strip kind it of. It is, it is. MC right. Escher kind of. Yeah, um, it's an Escher with carving. <laughs> Escher-esque coding, yeah. you know. Yep. So I'm I'm gonna reuse that shamelessly, rob it, and uh, yeah. when I talk about ad handler, that's a great demo. That's a great demo. It's a great it really demo. challenges you to to work out, you know, what exactly is happening. Right. Very good. Well, uh, my glass is empty. How about yours? It looks to be pretty empty. Yes. I think I'll add a uh, guess a couple more. You know, every time I come to a pub like this. This is when I, uh, you know, wish I had never quit smoking. Because, oh, is that right? Well, I, I mean, I don't like smoking. I smoked for 12, no, 20 years. Yeah, I, no, I didn't. No, 10 years. I smoked ten for 10 years. years. Smoked for 10 years, and, and those were, they felt like the longest 10 years of my life, but uh, I've, I have now not smoked for for 10 years. Wow, what an accomplishment. That's yeah. right. But every time I come to a pub and have a beer, you know, and, and, right. and chat, and it's almost a Pavlovian response. It's almost, it? yeah, you know, it's the gotta have a beer and a smoke. But, yeah. uh, and I'm glad I don't. Yeah, I'm that way about sniffing glue. No, not really. No, <laughs> smoking crack. I picked a bad week to give up sniffing glue. Okay, now that's a line from Airplane. That's a line from Airplane. Yeah. You can't take credit for that. No. But uh, what, what our listeners may not know is I uh, I love movies. I'll go to a theater to see a movie that I know I'm not going to like. Right. Just for the experience <laughs> of going to the theater. I just love to it. sit in the air-conditioned theater and have some popcorn. Popcorn, and yes. Watch the previews. What was a movie you've seen lately that you liked? Oh, let's see. Uh, 
Well, I, I actually liked uh, the, the new Lara Croft movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Tomb Raider. The Tomb Raider. The Tomb Raider. Yeah. It's the cradle of life. That's the name of it. Huh. What was cool about it? Uh, Angelina Jolie is very cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Back to that guy thing we were uh, yeah. talking about before. Well, no, no. I mean, not, beside that, you know, it's not. you're not going to sit there and be wowed over by the great story, but yeah. it's an action movie. You know, it's right. eye candy. A lot of special effects. Right. Uh, Angelina Jolie happens to be in it. And, uh, you know, it's a nice way to, to burn two hours. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Seabiscuit, actually. I've heard that was a good movie. Well, you know, when I when I saw it, I was in Washington, D.C. And uh, I had actually gone to try to get tickets to Seabiscuit. I had wrapped up a seminar I was doing for Microsoft, got back to the hotel at like 5.30. Yeah. I thought, you know, I'll, I'll go see if I can catch the last matinee. Right. Get over there, you know, at 6 o'clock. And I said, well, I, I want tickets for Seabiscuit. Like I went, oh, we're all sold out. I said, no problem. You got to show at eight forty-five. I'll get, yeah. I'll get that one. Guy said, no, you're not buying a ticket tonight. It was sold wow. out. Wow. Every show. Wow. So yeah, so I, I had to see Laura Croft. I had no choice, really. Yeah, Todd Fonsby told me that I should bring my daughter to see Sea Biscuit. It's one of those kind of movies. Yeah, Spider-Man on a horse. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So we finally got uh, the Whidbey Alpha installed, right? Yes, that's right. After what it took us two days. Two days. Right. We, still, we're not in a big hurry, you no, see. No, we well, pop we, a disc in, go okay. <laughs> teach a class, come back the next day, pop the next disc in. But it did install correctly, which impressed me. Um, yeah. I know that the installation program had some problems in the last version yes. and the first version. And I didn't have any problems this time, so that was good. I haven't installed the help yet, and I haven't even pulled it up yet. So, um, you know, I was getting we we had you know we had this talk about Whidbey with uh, Amanda, and so after what we do is we actually tape the classes a week ahead, right? Right. So, right. so this is the week that we actually did the conversation that we actually had the conversation with Amanda and Paul. In fact, it was Wednesday night. That's right. But for you, it was last the last show. Not last week, the last two weeks, right? Because we're doing two weeks. That's right. It's like a time travel thing, you know. Yeah. So we get caught in a paradox if we're not careful. And uh, oh yes, thank you very much, sir. There you go. Thank you, gentleman and scholar. Yeah, gentleman and scholar. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so what was I saying? Uh, we were talking about how we scheduled the show. Yeah. The fact that we talked to Amanda. Right, 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 right. So we were talking about, uh, and I and I actually whipped out a slide, a, a slide together, and showed my class. You know what, uh, what, what we talked about. Right. And um, they were very excited. They wanted to know everything. Yes. And I said, I, I, I don't. You know, they were hammering me with questions. I said, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't even installed it yet. I mean, nobody knows because the, the there's only a there's only an alpha out. It's only a very limited program, and the stuff that they're talking about right now, they're only doing at conferences and stuff. So nobody really knows or is talking about these details. True. They want to know about remoting if there's any, you know, security. Yeah, they want to know if there's any security in remoting. And I, I, I'm like, I don't know. And she, you know, this woman who was asking me this smiled like you you. You don't know? You know, she's like smiling like, I can't believe you don't know. How are we going to know? 
well, you know, you're going to have to wait. So it's, you know, the burdens of knowing too much too soon, I guess. That's right. You might turn into a stone or something. Right, yeah. Got to be careful. We, of course, can't say everything we discover in the Alpha program. In fact, uh, we can't probably say anything more than what they've already said. Right. Well, you know, that's it's nice that, you know, even doing a show like this, we don't really say much. We get other people to say Well, that's right. Yeah. 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 Except that show that we did uh, by ourselves, and this one also, but, you know, we get to actually talk. This, this show isn't so much about programming as it is about having a beer with Carl and Mark. That's right. So, uh, yeah, i gotta, I got to give the, the listeners an update. The trainer that I talked about, apparently he listens to the show because he... Uh, <laughs> now, wait a minute. This is on the last show we did with you and me, right? Yeah, this is the last one we did. And you're Carl and Mark about, fly solo. Yeah, and yeah. you're talking about the guy who outbid, tried to outbid you for Underbid, right. Yeah. Underbid me. Yeah. For the sequel class. Right. So I'm talking about his ethics and, uh, right, you right. know... Or lack thereof. And if you remember, I never mentioned a name. Right. So he knew who he was, though. He called me up and he <laughs> told me he didn't appreciate me uh, sharing that story with the whole world. You didn't name names, right? No, I, I never named a name. That's okay. So how you doing, listeners? Are you, are you driving in the car? I bet they're driving in the car. This seems to be like the popular... Yeah, we get a lot of email about people yeah. writing MP3s to CDs. Hey, I see bubbles on your beer there. Why don't you uh, yeah. get get to it there? Oh, that's right. I'm beating you. You've I'm busy t- talking. You've been talking too much. You have to drink, drink some more. One of the things that we, you know, I, we don't talk about very much on the show, but we, I, I have to blow our horn here, you know, uh... One thing that you get in this class that you don't get in any other class is real food. Oh, absolutely. We take people to restaurants for lunch. And these aren't like McDonald's, the local pizza joint. Um, We take them to the Bank Street Lobster House for hot lobster rolls on the deck. Take them to Russell's Ribs for barbecued ribs. We take them to a Thai restaurant that's incredible. Absolutely. We take them to an authentic Mexican restaurant. Uh, for lunch, that that it's not Tex-Mex, it's authentic Mexican. Yes, excellent. And uh, so uh, we get always get good comments about you know the break, and also taking a group of people to lunch, a bunch of developers to lunch. They all get to talk to each other about the things that they're working on. They ask me questions. We get to it's sort of like an extension of the classroom, just in a in a more casual setting. And uh, you know, Todd Todd does a lot of research on you know how people learn and what their learning styles are. Most developers learn best in a very relaxed kind of social setting. I know I do. Yes. Uh, well, you know, one comment I had this week from students is, uh, and, you know, I teach for training centers all over the U.S. Most of them have rules about during lab time, it's got to be quiet, you can't play music. Oh, right. Right, and we, we don't do that. We, uh, no. we actually play some really cool music. Yeah, you were at, at the low volume. You were at the Radisson this week. You were just playing CDs, but in yep. the training center we have a DVD player, and I, I get concert videos, you know, uh, from Amazon. Right. I just got a pile of concert DVDs, and you know they last a good two hours. Right. So, Grateful Dead, Grateful Steely Dead, Dan, Steely Dan, uh, Eagles, James Eagles. Taylor, Eric uh, Clapton, Eric Clapton. You know, lots of great stuff. Santana. Yeah. I got Supernatural Live. Cool. Yeah. I haven't seen that. Oh, yet. that's great. It's a show, man. Whoa. Well, anyway, so I put those on, you know, a low, low volume, but you can still. Oh, David Gilmore is another one I have. Awesome. David Gilmore Live. Right from uh, 
Albert Hall or something like that. Yeah, sorry, that's right. He was originally with uh, what was Pink the band? Floyd. Yeah, yes. Money, Money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I uh, so I put those videos on during the during the labs and, and yeah, it's a good good atmosphere. This is also the first class that we taught with our new machines. And, yeah. So uh, what what a lab we have. It's we have incredible. an awesome lab. We've got 20 uh, P4266. That's 2 gigs, 2.6 gigahertz machines with a gig of RAM and LCD 17-inch monitors and uh, gigabit Ethernet. We have about 4 megabits to the internet live through an optical uh, OC3 connection. So what else cool happened to you this week? Uh, any interesting uh, students working on cool stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. We had students that were looking at uh, actually using web services. Uh, remoting uh, became of interest to them. Yeah. They were talking about using uh, a service, writing a Windows service yep. and configuring remoting. And yep. one thing we do is we show you a pattern when, uh, when we cover remoting of actually taking uh, a DLL, hosting it in IIS, and there's, there's some misconceptions out there where uh, I've met developers that think if you host an IIS, you've got to use SOAP as the formatter. That's right. And it's not true. Uh, you can actually use a binary formatter, and it's fast. Uh, yeah. Something like, what, 300? 300, I've heard it as much as 800%. Right, 300%. Yeah, yeah with a caveat that if you're uh, uh, serializing a data set and returning a data set right. from a function, it's going to use the XML format. It's going to use a serialization method that works with XML. So uh, even with the binary format. Right, that's right. And we, we were talking about that. They weren't going to be using data sets yeah. uh, for what they were doing. In that uh, case, you get a much better performance. Using. Right. And, and they were doing some backward stuff. The service was actually going to be gathering statistics uh, about the machine. Oh, interesting. And uh, aggregating it, sending it through a web service to a central oh, that's cool. uh, repository. So there, there, it was kind of reverse. It was a reverse web service. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. I had a couple of guys uh, uh, in the back of the room after we after we went through the demo of uh, the remoting pattern that, that we show you. They, you know, the, it didn't look any. What we did is we actually used a business object to remote it with IIS, one that we had created on Tuesday, and we take the application that we wrote on Tuesday against that business object, copy it to a new folder, and modify it to use the object remotely. Right. So when you press the button to get the authors, you know, the grid fills up the same as it did with the local object. It really doesn't look any different. Right. It's a and slight then, delay. Right. Yeah. And this guy said, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't understand. What's the big deal? I mean, we have a reference to a local DLL, and then we register for remoting, and then we're, you know, what's the big deal?" And I said, "Okay, here's the big deal. Pull up your uh, a command window and type ipconfig, and tell me your IP address." And he did that, and I went into my configure remoting uh, sub where I have the URL or the URI to the to the remote object, and I replaced localhost with his IP address and ran it, and then boom, his data from his machine came up. Right, and he goes, oh yeah, and then of course the issue of security came up, and we talked right. about that. So. Right, security always comes up.
Now, you may not have known it, but Mark Dunn is teaching the VB.net Masterclass in Atlanta, Georgia. That's right. He's teaching a class in November down there at the Amerisuites in Alpharetta, right outside of Atlanta. Actually, it's in Atlanta. Uh, not only that, but in January, he and Marcy Robillard are teaching an ASP.NET Masterclass. So we're getting some more stuff going here, folks. And you may know of people who are in need of quickly getting up to speed on VBNet and on ASP.NET, and uh, they don't want to learn any bad habits. Instead, want to learn some good habits and start off their uh, .NET career in the right way. Uh, this is the best way to do it. You go from zero to .NET in five days. And um, what else can I say? It's great. Just check out the testimonials online. We have tons more testimonials from real companies, from real people who've gone through our classes and can't say enough good stuff about it. So uh, thanks for listening. I know that this is a kind of a different show, and I appreciate your uh, support of .NET Rocks. Next week, uh, next show, we will be back with... Uh, you know, more interesting content and uh, less beer. I'm sure you're going to like that. All right, now let's get back to the show. Right here on .NET Rocks. Don't go away, man. That reminded me of another funny training story. I just got to share it with you. It's a short one. So I'm teaching a class at one point. It's been a few months ago. And uh, I've got some mainframe programmers in the class. So I was going to show them how uh, to basically get into the, the GAG and take a look at right. what's inside the GAG. Yeah. So we go to a command prompt and we go, you know, type CD, Windows, you know, backslash, assembly. assembly. And uh, then I tell them, okay, uh, you know, go into GAC, the GAC folder. Yeah. Yeah. And I say, okay, now then type in dir, Yeah. Uh, and you'll get a listing, a directory, directory listing. And one of the students went, well, uh, I can't get a directory listing. And I thought, okay. So I said, you typed in dir, and, you know, she, she said, yeah, I did. So I get up, walk over, and she had typed in D-E-R, dir. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Obviously uh, someone who didn't wasn't around in the DOS days. Didn't do, she skipped the whole DOS thing, yeah. Wow. Had to yeah. share that. We make assumptions about, you know, ah, oh, I got a good tip for the for the command window. If you're going into the GAC and, you, and what... What she, what she would have seen if she typed dir right. is a listing of all the assemblies or all the namespaces of the assemblies, each in its own each subdirectory. in its own subdirectory. And if you go into say system.data, that's a directory, and look into another dir, you'll get another list of directories. One directory for every version of that DLL that's, that's in the GAC. Right. And the directory name is a sort of composite of the version and the, the hash code for the public key token. Right. And so typing CD space and then this really long cryptic number string right. is not a, uh, a, you know, something that you want to do. Oh, no. So here's a tip that, uh, that you can do. You can type dir space... V1 dot star. Right, just or, using star as a wildcard. We're using star as a wildcard, or, or 1 dot 1 star, whatever it is, enough to differentiate one from another. Right. And hit enter, and it will go into that directory. Yeah, that's an awesome tip. Yeah. 
one of those things that you're going to need if you're going to do any tooling around in the command window. Yeah, yeah. Folks will really think you know what you're doing when you start. You that's know, right. That's that'll that'll impress your boss right yeah. there because your boss probably doesn't even know. That's about right. That your pointy-headed boss won't expect you to use a star at the end of CD. Yeah, yeah we should probably do this every show. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Better information through alcohol. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, I mean this is this is kind of the thing to do after a class is over. Right. Relax a little bit. Yeah, we, Good we call it a post-mortem. Yeah, that's right. This is a post-mortem. We do an evaluation of uh, what went right, what went wrong. I'll tell you what went wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we didn't coordinate enough on uh, the restaurants oh, that we were lunch. going to. Oh, lunch. Lunch, yes. We, and uh, Mark had uh, seven people. I had 20. So there are times that we split up my class. Todd would take 10. I would take 10. And Mark would take his seven all to different restaurants. And we wanted to make it so that we didn't put... Too much of a. I mean, you take twenty people to a restaurant, you're gonna be there for a while. You know That's what right. I mean? And uh, so, so we wanted to split it up with ten. So we, Mark and I had been up late every night just discussing the next day and what we we're gonna do, and 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 it always come up the logistics for lunch. And one night, uh, you know, he told me he was going to place X, and I heard place Y. So the next morning, we go. I go in and we separate my class into two restaurants, one of which was going to the same place Mark's was. So I come up to Mark on the street corner with his guys and say, hey, where are you going? And he goes, I'm going to such and such. And I said, what a coincidence. So are we. But we had called ahead, actually, and ordered ahead so that we wouldn't have to waste time waiting for our meal. But uh, it turned out okay. Actually, they they expected a large group. They had the staff to support it. And right. Yeah, my group was going. You know, G Mark, why didn't you call ahead so yeah, we don't right. have to wait? <laughs> it was my fault. <laughs> Oops. So what are what is what is if you had to pick the coolest demo that you did of the in the class this week, the absolute one that got the most. Oohs and ahs. What uh, what do you think that would be? Well, actually, uh, probably the one that got the most oohs and ahs is was just an on-the-fly demo that I did. We've been filling uh, some data using you know using a data adapter. We've been filling uh, up some controls, and uh, I basically told the class, you know, you don't always have to use a data adapter. Right. You could uh, you could use a command object directly. Right. And we basically rewrote what we were normally doing with a data adapter yeah. by, by using a command object, yeah. wrote stored procedures from scratch, wow. and completely duplicated it. And I. I guess that took about 15 minutes, yep, yep. Uh, beginning to end, yeah. and uh, you know, just showing them options. You know. And you used, did you use the command builder, or did you actually write the insert, update, and deletes for your own? No, we just went into you know, the server explorer, uh -huh. created new stored procs, and wrote them. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I've, I did that actually. I was doing an on-site for a company in Phoenix, and they had told me right up front, we don't want to use the wizards. We don't want to use data adapters. You know, we want to fill our own data sets. We do everything with right. stored procs. And I ended up modifying the lab for them on the fly for Friday right. to go in and create a multi-dimensional, uh, rather, uh, or a multi-dimensional or maybe a, uh, what's the word I want, hierarchical, a hierarchical set yeah. of tables, a hierarchy of tables, right. and then store procedures to return the data into a data set 
and and do the inserts, updates, and deletes themselves using a data adapter like commands, like an update command, but an update table. You know, you pass the data table, update this table, or save save the changes kind of thing. So it would have to go through and look for changes in the data set. You know, calling get changes or in the data table, I, I suppose. And then just only get the added changes or the deleted rows, or the modif updated rows, and, and basically doing what the update command did on the fly. And it was something I didn't expect until I got there, but I managed to uh, to get that going and working for them. We actually did it together on the Thursday, and then they, the lab on Friday was to do that from scratch, and they were, they were very happy that they could do it. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, actually, it's something that sets us apart, I think, from a lot of training companies. As an instructor, well, both of us are just willing to take huge risks. Right. You know, if At somebody wants expense. to see something, you know, we may never have done it before, but, right. you know, we'll dive in and try we'll to write it, something. Give it the old college try. Yeah, Absolutely. that's right. That's right. And if, if we don't have an answer, we know plenty of people who do, that's for that's, sure. And that's, that's the thing, you know, don't be afraid to ask someone for help. Yeah, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I learned some of my uh, some of my best some of my most fundamental things about programming. I learned over a beer right. in a bar talking to uh, you know the more experienced programmers. That's right. You know, unfortunately, I was a quick basic programmer, and they were C plus plus programmers, mm -hmm. but uh, or C programmers actually at that time. That's right. Yeah, you know, really, really good guys don't don't have such a big ego. That's about, right. You know? That's right. You're you're willing to go. I don't understand how this works. Yeah, you have to do that. Yeah, you do. You don't. You know. You, you can't. You you'll can't kill yourself. Everything. You'll kill yourself. You'll pigeonhole yourself if you don't uh, admit that you don't know something. Yeah, that's right. You have that's to. Right. Or you know, if you're if you're doing something the wrong way, uh, right. You know, right. Find out what's wrong. That's right. Crack it open and try it. Yeah. I was. Uh, I was I showed the locals and autos windows, and uh, they really liked that, especially the fact that you could hit a breakpoint and change a value of a variable, right, and then continue on. I mean, it's not edit and continue, but it's it's stop, change a value of a variable, and continue. Right. You do have that ability. Yeah. Yeah. What that, they're that missing is nice. you know wanting to stop and drag the execution pointer back. Actually, and then you can do that. You can right. move the code pointer. But, but I didn't finish though. Oh, okay, I gonna, I'm sorry. And then rewrite a routine and then go forward. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But yes, you can drag it back and re-execute. Right. And that's what uh, Widby gives us, apparently. Yeah, the, edit the and ability to, to edit. We've right. got the continue part. Oh, man, I'm so psyched for that. That is going to be awesome. It's going to be but awesome. I really think that you know people will come back to VB after that. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you just a little thing in .NET that I really like is, is the fact that when you save a project, if you've got breakpoints set, yes, the breakpoints save in it. Yeah. You know what I used to do, and you know you've probably done this before. I wouldn't use a breakpoint if I were trying to debug a big project. I'd actually use debug assert statements. Right. And uh, and take those out. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. if you left one in, you could compile it and a debug assert. You know, wouldn't wouldn't affect your uh, compiled exe. Right. So it's great to be able to save breakpoints. Yeah. Um, there's one other thing that I do in the class. 
That is sort of a signature of my class, I think. Uh, I get a lot of good comments on it, which is I play the what's it going to be game with the objects. Oh, I got to do that, too. That castle. was fun. Yeah. It's a great, it's a really fun thing. It's based on a, a presentation that I do called So You Think You Know What an Object Is. Right. And I've done it at user groups and at dev connections and things like that. And uh, essentially what we do is we take uh, two classes, a customer class and a person class. The person class is a first name, a last name, and an email right. property. And the customer class inherits the person and adds a customer ID. So we talk about casting and the difference between casting value types and reference types. And we're changing the interface with when we're casting reference types. And that's all we're changing. Right. Uh, so I do this what's it going to be game where I, where I do some casting and I change some values and then I print out a result and I ask the class, you know, what's the value, what's the result going to be? Right. And, and I've already taught them the fundamentals of casting and we've done a couple of examples and so they, you know, we would hope they get it and they nod their head, yeah, I get it, but it sort of points out the, you know, the thinking pattern of the old VB programmer who who's never had to deal with inheritance before. Not only is it a new feature, but it fundamentally changes what an object is. And and when you do when you start casting things around, you know, you have questions about what the what the values are going to be. Right. And it's very fun. We do three different examples uh, you know, and, and I even make it multiple choice for people. And invariably, when I ask who th who says it's going to be this, who says it's going to be that, and who says it's going to be the other, invariably we have a, like a split. Yeah, you get splits. That's amazing. You know? We have people who think it's going to throw an exception. We have people who think it's going to be a null value. Uh, it's really amazing. Right, and I always ask, who has no opinion about this? Right. And, you know, who doesn't I'm, care? You know. Who wants yeah, to go basically, home? or you know. That's it. That's right. A few people will raise their hand. I have no opinion. Thank you. Right. Well, it appears that we've uh, squandered an hour. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. This has been a, a fun show. It sure has. And we're uh, recording on an Arcos Multimedia jukebox. That's right. This is the same thing that I've recorded Ingo's show with at uh, yeah. Dev Connections. Right. And should we mention that we're going to uh, make .NET Rocks a bi bi-weekly? Yeah, we mentioned it last uh, in the last show. But so by now, pretty much people know. If you don't know already, uh, we're doing this every other week from now That's on. Right. Our wives are threatening to divorce us if we don't <laughs> slow down. And uh, that's the deal. So, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, hey, we'll we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. And hey, don't let anybody push you around out there, VB that's programmers. Right. That's right. Nobody should kick sand in your face. That's right. Uh, stick up for your language. That's and, right. Uh, Come take a class with us. We're the Charles Atlas of <laughs> of VB.NET training. All right, that's enough. Good night. We'll see you next time. <laughs>